Welcome to Emergence Radio Talk, where you'll be inspired and motivated by the journeys of movers and shakers from all around the world and those who are occupying and taking dominion. Emergence Radio Talk with Dr. Tavara Johnson. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Emergence Radio Talk with your host, Dr. Zavira Johnson. And I am super excited for today's show. I have a kingdom woman of God who is moving and shaking not only in the kingdom of God, but also in the marketplace. And I'm telling you, she is definitely an emerging leader, one who is challenging the status quo, and one who is dominating the sphere of influences that God would have given to her. And so I want to welcome Pastor Pitts, and indeed, it's a pleasure to have you here with me this evening. Thank you for the warm welcome. Glad to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much just for taking time out of your busy schedule to go ahead and empower our listening audience this evening. But before we go ahead and get started, I want you to let our listening audience know who Pastor Pitts is and what it is that you do. Well, um, I am a five-time author, Christian speaker, and mentor. I am also the founder of Pauling in Ministries, and I always like to put it like this. I have many gifts, but much responsibility. And with that being said, in spite of everything that I do, I'm a servant first. I love the fact that you talked about being, you know, you have many gifts. Uh, and, of course, much responsibility. So with that being said, how did you know that, you know, God would call you to these areas, um, the areas that you are involved with now, and how did you navigate that season once you would have found out, okay, these are indeed the areas that God was calling you to? Well, I can say this as a child. Um, I knew I was different um, from the status quo of a normal child. Um, I knew I would be preaching as a child, but honestly, all the things that I'm doing now, as the Bible says, you know, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, it hasn't even entered into our heart, the things that God has in store for us. So, you know, with me being the author, me being the police chaplain, um, those things, if you would ask me 10, 20 years ago, if I would have thought, I would be doing that, um, my answer would be unequivocally no. Um, but what I realize is many times we have a plan, and a lot of times our plans are based on maybe how we were brought up, um, social media, TV, and all these different things. And um, there's a song that my aunt used to sing, and the title was God's Plan, Not Ours. And so um, it, this was definitely um, – all orchestrated by the Lord. Amen. I love that you mentioned that, you know, we have our plans, but God has his own for us. And I, you know, I, to a certain extent, I almost believe that's just allowing him to, you know, he's really allowing us to, to more or less dream, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, once we submit to his will, once we submit to what he desires for us, his Ultimate plans will prevail for our lives. Yes. One of the key things, you know, we must remember because like you would have mentioned, you know, you knew these things from a child. Um, And I I think it's even commendable to that you could even still remember things from a child, you know, from your childhood. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, sometimes some people aren't able to, to either remember certain things from their childhood ought to be thought to would have even been able to know what they would have been doing or maybe desiring, um, you know, from a child. And um, so I want to say even for those who are listening in tonight, you know, you could just look at some of the things that if you're not sure of what it is that you're supposed to do or what God is calling you to do, you can look at some of the things that you would have, if, if you could remember your childhood, uh, look at some of the things that you know that you may have been involved with, uh, some of the dreams or desires that you might have had, and, you know, you may even see where now it even aligns with what it is that God was, um, or what he's, what he's called you to do or, what he's, or who he's called you to be. Now, I know, Pastor Penn, you mentioned about you uh, knowing that you would be different. Um, you know, different is a beautiful thing, especially now in this day and age when everyone wants to 
I would like to say be a copycat or a replica of people and not necessarily be <laughs> and not necessarily be who God is calling them to be or who he desires them to be. Um you know, because I know one of the things that to you also mentioned, you talked about being rejected by people and not and never fitting in. And of course mm-hmm. this usually has to do with uh, us being different, um, which I know sometimes could be a struggle, um, especially if you're unsure of why, um, you know, you're being rejected or why you're not fitting in. And I know sometimes it can actually make you feel as though something is wrong with you uh, when mm-hmm. it, when in actuality is not. Um, I want you to talk to us about, you know, your experience um, and being able to recognize that there was purpose especially now, you know, that there was purpose in you being rejected. Yeah, um, well, going back to childhood, um, just never being able to fit in, and even going in, um, growing up into adulthood, um, and the truth of the matter was is that God had set me apart at a young age where I, I couldn't fit in. You know, I was trying to cuss and do all these different things, and um, even my friends, was saying, you know, Lisa, you don't even sound right. You just just need to cut it out, you know, stuff like that. They was pushing me to the church, you know. And even in grade school, kids were calling me Pastor Pitts then. So here it is, as it's, it's funny as it sounds, um, you know, I pastored the church for six years. And so um, I just thank God. I think the most important thing through my process was embracing embracing that uniqueness, embracing that difference. And um, I'm a fourth-generation preacher. And I remember when I first started preaching, I thought I had to be, had to do the hoop. I thought I had to do the holler. And then every time I would get up to minister, God would shift how I would minister. And then I remember um, it was my second outside uh, engagement outside of my home church, and after I had got done uh, preaching at this church, um, this woman of God, she said, you really taught that word. And I got offended because I wanted her to say you preached, you know. But it wasn't until I embraced what God was doing in me and being okay with how he was going to use me that I became more effective. And even to um, even bring more emphasis to that, there was a woman of God, and she preached this message And the message was rejected by people, but chosen by God. And I held on to that, to that message. And um, what I realized too, in in my case, you know, there's times, you know, um, it's, it's, it's our human nature to want to be a part of something. And I remember um, this particular clique I was trying to, uh, I wanted to be a part of. And God told me, he said, I'm doing this separation. He said, because I'm not in agreement with everything that they're doing. Now, I don't know what it was that they wasn't doing that wasn't in agreement with God, but God, he told me, he said, I'm doing this separation, and I don't want your spirit, your anointing to be contaminated. And when he spoke that to me, I said, okay, God, you ain't got to worry about me with this one no more, you know. But it was him creating that separation. Sometimes we think people don't want to be bothered with us, uh, maybe because we're not cool enough or not the it factor. And here it is, God is um, allowing that separation for a reason. Yeah, that is, um, you know, that is definitely good. Like you said, and you talk about the separation. And so, you know, I want to say even for those who may be listening in now, you know, what you see is, rejection is really God's protection. Um, you know, I, I know Pastor Pitts, he talks about, you know, God not wanting your anointing to be contaminated. And I think one of the things you must understand is that when you've been chosen by God, you can't do any and everything and you can't be around any and everyone. Um, that's just the way it is. Um, I always tell people God is big on protecting his investment. You know, once, once he yeah, was invested, he started to invest. Um, so much in you um, in terms of, you know, allowing you to be able to, to flow more in your gifts, you know, and, of course, based on the relationship that you would have developed with him, he's not going to let that go like that. You know, man may be okay with, you know, letting you go like that, but God is not. He, he, he's not that type of a, of, of a person. He's not that type of a God. 
you know, so he's not going to let you go like that. Um, and so, you know, sometimes the, what we see as rejection, like it hurts, and then like you said, um, you know, God creates it. And that's just, I mean, we can't really, um, you know, we can't talk God out of it. And sometimes you just have to submit to what he wants to do. I always tell people, the quicker we submit to what God wants to do, uh, the easier it is or the easier it becomes and the less frustrating it becomes for us. But in most cases, we pick against what God is trying to do. You know, and I also love the fact that he talked about, you know, you embracing your your uh, your uniqueness or you embracing, mm-hmm. you embracing the fact that you were different because I can imagine some of the pressure that you may feel or might have felt, like you said, your fourth generation generational preacher, um, you know, trying to or maybe thinking or feeling that you may have to live up to the standard uh, to the person before you. And I think a lot of people sometimes, you know, they deal with that, especially when you're doing, or you know, when something kind of what we call it runs in the family, uh, you know, and you find mm-hmm. yourself doing the same type thing. But, you know, everyone, God has made every one of us unique. Um, every one of us is different. And we just have to embrace uh, who he is calling us to be. Like you said, once you would have embraced who he called you to be, then you became more effective. Amen. You know, Amen. God has, Amen. He has, a, he has a way of, um, like you said, he's showing yeah. you when you thought you You know, and even the scripture, he tells you, he says, a prophet is not honored in his own country, not even in his own household. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus tells us time and time in scripture, he says, if they've done it to you, know that they did it to me first, right? So we're not exempt. Correct, correct. And so thank you so much, um, you know, for sharing that, for being transparent and sharing um, that story, that experience with us. Now, I know for you, you are also in, the, in ministry, but you're also in the marketplace. Tell us what made you to okay. decide to venture into the marketplace. I'm sorry, can you say the, say the last part again? I say, can you tell us what made you to venture into the marketplace? Because you are, you are in ministry, but you're also um, operating in the marketplace as well. Um, again, um, it is nobody uh, but the Lord. Um, I had gotten some chaplaincy training. I had got um, a diploma, a uh, Christian diploma for uh, chaplaincy um, by the International Federation of Human Rights. So I had this certification, and it was a heart desire of mine that I wanted to use it. And so what ends up happening, to make a long story short, this gentleman contacted me, someone that I did not know at the time, and he was asking me to come to, like, this fellowship meeting. And I would never, never would go. So it comes to around where it's the third time he's calling me, and I'm like, well, let me see what this man wants because he keeps asking me about this. So I get there. Mind you, we don't have no in-depth conversation about anything. And so after the meeting, he says, I want to take you to go meet the police chief. Now, mind you, no conversation about nothing else except about me coming to this fellowship meeting. And I'm like, okay. So I get to the police station, and he's giving me this grand tour of the police station. And so we get to this officer, who, and he looks at him, and he says, we got to hurry up and get her application and swear her in. And that's how I got into the police department, and I'm actually the first Afro-American female police chaplain of the Millville Police Department and if you know anything about Millville's history, um, they used to have Ku Klux Klan rallies and different things in this area. Now, mind you, two days prior to this happening, my bishop had prophesied to me, and he told me, he said, the season that I was in, there was going to be times that I would um, just, I would find myself in the middle of something. Like, I would, there would be doors that, would, that I would walk through that uh, basically I wouldn't have enough time to make a decision about anything. I would just walk right in the middle of it, and that, and two days later, that's what happened at the police department. Wow. That is powerful. I'm sure it's an interesting experience, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, nobody but the Lord. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, and you know, I'm I'm glad that you shared that with us because, you know, oftentimes we don't necessarily believe that God can move like that in our lives. You know, sometimes we believe or feel like God can only move like that in the lives of other people. But I'm sure, you know, what you would have shared here tonight um, will definitely encourage someone based on whatever situation that they may find themselves in to know that, you know, God mm-hmm. will open doors for you supernaturally that, like you say, you you don't even have time to make a decision. I mean, a decision was basically already made for you in that you were approved mm-hmm. uh, by just a phone call, you know. And like you said, he called you several times. So it really yeah. shows that, you know, that it was definitely, uh, for you, you know, he wasn't going to let up, you know. And so I want to encourage anyone who may be listening tonight to just know that, you know, the same thing with God did for Pastor Pitts, he's able to do that and even more for you. Just believe it, uh, receive it, believe that you could be a recipient um, of God's blessings and favor and whatever it is that he decides to do. Um, in yes, and um, Doctor, I will also say to add to that is right. The Scripture tells us that He will give us the desires of our heart, and so this was a desire of mine that I never really verbally communicated to God, right? And and that's one thing about it. Even the Scripture talks about we could think about things, and God will just fulfill that desire without us um, verbally even expressing it to Him. And I always like to say it like this. Um, it's better when God just grants you something than you have to ask him and he gives it to you. And I always use the example dealing with the prodigal son, right? The son, he was entitled to the inheritance. But because he kept asking his father, his father just went ahead and gave it to him. Well, we know what the end result of that was. He squandered away his living. He squandered away everything that he had. But when God just gives you something, Without you asking for it, one thing's for certain, two things are for sure, you know that you are ready for whatever it is that he has, he has given you versus if we be like the prodigal son, keep bugging God and bugging God, and then he just granted to us, and then we're not even prepared or ready or have positioned ourselves for the next opportunity. Mm, that's good. Because a lot of times we tend to, um, <laughs> God a lot, you know, for things that we desire, and like you said, we're not really, we're not really prepared for it. We're not really ready mm-hmm. for it, you know. And so, I would say to anyone who's listening in, if there's something that you desire, make sure that you're prepared for it, uh, whether you verbalize it to God or not. Um, you know, just make sure that you're prepared for it so when the opportunity comes, you're able to walk into it and fulfill it. One of the things I always say is nothing worse than uh, having an opportunity come your way and you're not prepared. You know, that would definitely, I think that would bring about more regrets than anything else uh, in an individual's life. So ensure that you are ready and you are prepared for it. Now, Pastor Pitts, I know you said that, you know, or you mentioned that your passion is to help people um, to discover their heart, put them in a position of wholeness. Share with us a little bit um, about this or, or, or your passion and just walk us through this process. Well, I'm a firm believer that many times there's people or we ourselves, we try to be heroes to people when we ourselves need to be saved. Mm. And so I'm a firm believer. Um, A lot of the messages that I preach is usually self-reflection messages because how can you help someone else if you're struggling and you're straining? And so, um, and that's why I'm so gung-ho about bringing people to a place of wholeness so they are able to reach outside of themselves to help someone else. And I always um, say this quote all the time, I I live a life of servitude. I live by an example because that is my most effective means of of impacting others. And so it, it starts with us. We have to come to a place of maturity. We have to come to a place of wholeness so that we are able to help someone else. And in that process, 
in that process, when I, when I counsel people, I always tell them, I don't care what type of counseling you receive, whether it's marriage counseling, biblical counseling, um, you have to be, number one, honest. It only works when you're honest. And second of all, you have to be willing to do that work. I can advise you all day long, but if you don't follow the, the directions and the instructions that I'm giving you, then not only are you wasting my time, but you're wasting your time as well. And, 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 and really, that's all a key to deliverance, too. You have to want to be delivered. You have to want to be able to let go of the thing that has you bound or, 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 or has you struggling. You got to want to desire that thing so much to let it go that you will do what's necessary to take those steps. And so, um, you know, I'm a firm believer in that. Like, you know, in order for us to impact our communities, you know, wherever we are, we have to bring ourselves to wholeness, right? And, and, and then in turn, we are able to help others. I like the scripture, like Jesus told Peter, he said, when thou art converted, go back and strengthen your brother. Well, I can't strengthen 81 if I'm weak, you know. And so um, I just think it's important. It, it, it's just important um, that we do that, that we work on us so that we are able to help others, right? Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Mm, that's good. You pretty much have to put on your own max, oxygen mask first <laughs> before you can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, that and it's important and it's key because a lot, you know, I've, I've seen so many people now, they're at a place where, you know, they're at either counseling or mentoring especially because, you know, I know a lot of that is happening now, and they themselves are in need of healing. Um, I believe, you know, it, I, I, I believe healing is something that's going to always be ongoing, but you mm-hmm. have to know when uh, you are not, you're not whole enough to, to mentor, coach, or, or lead uh, someone based on what it is that you're dealing with. Um, if you're struggling with, let's just say, jealousy, you should not be uh, trying to mentor or coach anyone or counsel anyone because you can't you, you can see them pass a certain point. You know, you won't be able to push them. And so, you know, again, and that's something else uh, when you talk about healing um, and wholeness, and which I do believe is key. I think it's critical, um, and I do believe that it's 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 a must. You know, and yeah. I love the fact that you talked about being honest. A lot of people, you know, they may seek out counseling, but they're not honest. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're not honest with themselves, and it's yeah. something that that you have to want. No one can force you to want to be delivered or force you to want to be to be healed. Because that's the only way the real work is gonna happen. Because once you once you want it, you're gonna work for we we work for things that we want. If it's Absolutely. something that we don't want, we're not gonna work for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. a- a- absolutely. And and doctor, I'm scared of people, right? You have believers and Christians, they don't they don't like reading their words or they don't read their word, or they don't pray. And then they're wondering why they're so weak. Jesus said, he said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you shall produce much fruit. There's no way if he's in you and you are in him that you are not producing. But what I see happening is, and, and I've been preaching this as of late, you can see a lot of growth, but fruit ain't remaining, Right? So not only do you have to grow, but you have to change. And a lot of that is, is, is a matter of the heart, that inner transformation. I preached a message a couple of weeks ago, and the message was titled, When Miracles Are Not Enough. And we see it time and time again in Scripture. We see it time and time again in our lives. God has brought us out. He's done all of these things for us. And then yet we still find ourselves in a place of, faithlessness, right? It's like how he would tell the disciples, right, how is it that you don't have no faith? Now, keep in mind, the Bible says that God has given every man a measure of faith. So you mean to tell me the measure he gave you, you lost that too? And so it, it's important that, that, that the heart be transformed, right? 
the mind also has to be transformed. You know, the mindset has to be transformed. And um, I have this saying, and the saying um, is, you learn the scriptures so you can learn more about yourself, right? The scriptures is the mirror. Michael Jackson said, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. Now, the, the thing is, are you going to really see yourself for who you are? Or are, because, you know, we can get to the place where we can deceive ourselves and we can talk ourselves into thinking that nothing is wrong with us or, or we don't see any flaws, right? Yeah. So the Bible is that mirror to that, that to, to, for us to check ourselves, to check that we are measuring up to what the word of the Lord says. And so that it, it's just so very important. Mm-hmm. That is, that's good. You know, that is good, you know, for us to... Um, just, you know, like you said, you're not just reading the word, um, just to get the word. You're reading it to really apply it to our lives. Um, you know, however, mm-hmm. however that application, you know, it's going to occur mm-hmm. based on, based on, in, you know, everyone's uh, individual lives. And so uh, that is key and that is good. And then you talk about the fruit not remaining. Uh, this is definitely a time and a season now that we're living in where, I say everyone's faith is being tested, um, and anything, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's being shaken. <laughs> you know, the whole world is shaking right now. And mm-hmm. so anything that is that's not on a solid foundation, that's not anchored, uh, will fall away. And then sometimes you see a lot of that happening now. Um, yeah. You know, because a lot of people have lost hope, they've lost lost faith, uh, you know, they're in despair, and, you know, one of the mm-hmm. things I try to encourage people is to look back at the things that, you know, look, look back at the things that God has brought you from, look look back on your progress and see how far uh, you would have come, especially when those times comes and you're wondering, you know, maybe where God is at, you know, just so you mm-hmm. can just reflect on his goodness and his, his his, his mercy and His grace just to see. You know, I think that alone sometimes as we do a, a reflection and yeah. have a level of gratitude, that alone would probably even, you know, stop us from, <laughs> from feeling certain ways or even mm-hmm. uh, asking God for things because there are things that He's keeping us from that we don't even know about. You know, and I believe this is definitely uh, key and one of the things that we must do when we get into that particular place. Now, I know um, as it relates to answering the call of God, um, you know, there's nothing, uh, you know, there's always a, a challenge or a struggle. You know, we have, it, it has its ups and downs, it just twists and turns, that's just the way that it is. But based on your life thus far, uh, what would you say that, uh, what would you consider to be your biggest accomplishment um, thus far? Well, we talk about big accomplishments. I guess just really being able to walk circumspectly. Um, as I always tell people, Pastor Pitts is not at a place that you cannot get there. The question is, are you willing to do what I have done? And 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 and, and by no means, you know, salvation is free, but it ain't cheap. It's going to cost you your very life. That's why Jesus said, he said, if any man desire to come after me, he must first deny himself, take up the cross. Everybody got their own cross to bear, and then follow him. And I just made up in my mind, and I guess my greatest accomplishment would be God just delivering me, right? Um, I'm an ex-gay to a reverend. And if God can do something with me, surely he can do something for you. There's hope for you. And so I would say the greatest accomplishment would be the deliverance that God has worked out in my life. And um, many times I, I tell people I am who I am in the words of Paul, but by the grace of God, but by the grace of God. And I, I just made up in my mind, um, I'm 47 years old. I can't afford to do my first works over. And now that God is unfolding the promises that he's given me, I would be a fool to forfeit those things. So I've learned in my process, in my process of deliverance, in my walk with the Lord, and we said it earlier, just like Jesus did, 
I put his will above my own, and that's what keeps me in order. That's because I love him just like that, right? Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's nothing deep. It's nothing drawn out, and you got a whole lot of people talking about they love the Lord, but they're definitely not doing what he says, you know? And so um, that's what helps keep me grounded is me putting his will above my own. And I always, always pray this prayer, and the prayer is, God, make my desires your desires. Because there's some desires we have, as I mentioned earlier, you know, come from social media, come from our background, how we grew up, TV stuff we saw, and all those different things. And not that some of the things of the desires that we have, that they are necessarily bad, but one thing for certain, two things for sure, if I have his desires, when I pray, right, and I ask anything according to his will, then, number one, he will hear me, and he will do the thing that I ask because it's according to his will. And so that's why um, I, I pray that prayer, you know, God, make your desires my desire. And that's a powerful prayer to pray. Um, Amen. Because, you know, like it says, the, the flesh, like you mentioned, the fleshly side of us have so many uh, different desires out there that are not necessarily God's desires. And then, you know, we wonder why sometimes some things aren't manifesting in our lives. Well, it's not the, the desire that God has <laughs> as for, us, for us. And so I believe that's why it's, it's definitely powerful, it's definitely key, and it will continue to allow you to walk into your calling, and all of the things that God has predestined um, for you. Now, of course, you mentioned that you're a pastor, I mean, you're a chaplain, you're an author, and so that means, of course, you know, you wear a lot of hats as a, as a woman. How do you manage to balance all of, you know, all of the things that God is calling you to do and still remain rooted? I'm sorry. Can you repeat again because you kind of went out? How do you how do you manage or balance all of the many hats that you're wearing and still remain rooted? <laughs> I, I, again, I, 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 and I know people are maybe in their mind like this cannot be so. It, it's all God. I promise you, it's all God. Right now, the Lord has blessed me where I'm on personal leave from work, and so. Because I'm on personal leave from work, I am able to do full-time ministry. But here's the thing. It's my desire. I want to do full-time ministry because when I was at work, ministry was spilling all over into work. And so I just believe that God has allowed me this time to get some things in order so that I can come off my job with ease, not having to worry about bills or anything. So my my time that I have off on work, I'm I'm being obedient to what he's told me to do, getting things in position, working on online courses, um, you know, getting the books out, teaching writer workshops and all these different things that will uh, be a stream of income. So I'm not worried about the bills and, and worried about all of that. I believe that the transition is going to be be smooth for me leaving from my job. And it's funny because my supervisor, uh, a couple of months ago, I talked to her, and she's like, you're not coming back, are you? And I'm like, I plead the fifth, right? <laughs> but a lot of our coworkers like, you ain't coming back, are you? You know, I'm, I'm almost getting ready to, to, to be out um, for almost a year. And how I end up getting to this place was an apostle had prophesied to me and she said, you, now, now she, and she said to me, she said, you need six weeks. God said, I, I don't know how it's going to happen. You need six weeks off and, and do a three-day fast. Well, the six weeks off done turned into almost a, almost a year. So, um, but God is faithful, right? And, I, and, and, and the key to the blessing is obedience. And I, I, I know his voice when he speaks. So when he speaks, Nine times out of ten, I'm not questioning it. I, I'm not questioning it. I'm just doing it. I'm not worried about the result. This is what God said. Okay, God, you said it, and that settles it. And I leave the result up to him, right? I, I don't worry about all the, the, the what, ifs, and how, and all of that. 
I just simply do do as he tells me to do. You mentioned and, and, and so with to, to to answer the question for as the balance is concerned, I have to have a schedule and even still I um sometimes I mess up with the schedule. Um but I have my days where I set certain things um aside because um just I just put it like this if I, if if I was at work, there's no way that I would be able to do all the things that I'm doing. I come on the radio every Sunday in uh, uh, three localities. I also have an online uh, radio station that I, I come on. Um, I have a podcast. I was doing that every week. I have moved that to once a month. Um, I do a prayer call for a investing and trading organization on Mondays and Wednesdays. And the Lord say the same on Sunday. Um, I will be joining with another ministry called Dynamic Change Ministries. Um, the pastor is Pastor David Weldon, and we are uniting our ministries together to build up the kingdom of God. So the Lord say the same on Sunday. I will be installed as associate pastor of Dynamic Change Ministries. And so, again, if I was at work, there's no way that I, I could even – have taken on the position of an associate pastor, um, helping to shepherd, um, you know, a congregation of, of people doing um, home visits, prayer walks, um, you know, um, things of this nature. Wow. And definitely congratulations on all of the things that you are uh, doing and all of the doors that God is opening up for you. Um, one of the things Thank you, Dr. Johnson. You're welcome. One of the things you mentioned uh, you talked about obedience, and I don't think we really understand how <laughs> vital or crucial obedience yeah. is. Uh, I tell people delayed obedience is still disobedience. Uh-oh. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, still, it's still disobedience, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so people have to, you know, we, we have to get to the place when we move when God says to move. Because Amen. when he says to move, that is when he has the opening and declare passageway for us to go, but then we choose yeah. not to move when he says to move. And then, again, we wonder why things aren't happening in our lives. Yes. And so yes. I want to encourage everyone who's listening tonight to be sure to be obedient, whatever he's asking you to do. Even if you have to do it afraid, your knees knocking, your hands sweating, still yes. go ahead and do what he's asking you to do. Because the truth of the matter is a lot of people do things and they do it afraid, but they still move, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And so the yes. key is definitely to move. Yes, and to even add to that, Dr. Johnson, um, I always say it like this, you know, the Bible tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. So I always like to propose the question, what are you willing to sacrifice for not being obedient? Because you can't pick and choose what that will be. Mm. You know, and, it, and it's something that, you know, and, that's, and it's something that you said that because a lot of times um, you have unhappy Christians, and most of them are unhappy because you're not doing what God told you to do. You're not walking in your purpose. See, in your purpose, there's fulfillment. There is joy when you are carrying out what you're supposed to be doing. And if you're not doing that, then nine times out of ten, you are a disgruntled Christian, you know, complaining and this, that, and the third, or, or you get up, uh, upset or you feel some kind of way because you see someone else who has launched out into the deep. And, 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 but the thing is, you could do the same thing, but you won't move in obedience. Because either you're worried about people's opinions, worried about people talking about you, when the only person that you should be worried about is, is pleasing God. Mm. Ooh, yeah, we definitely do um, <laughs> sacrifice something, you know. Like you said, we can't choose. You know, one of the things when, you know, it talks about the obedience is better than sacrifice scripture, um, you know, when we look at, at at the Bible and see that, you know, Saul, he was mm. rejected. I mean, the Bible says mm -hmm. that God rejected him because he didn't yeah. follow him. God gave him specific instructions. 
by way of yeah. he, has, he has specific instructions, and because he decided to uh, partially obey them in terms of he, you know, he so deviated from them. He did some of it, but he so went ahead and did whatever he wanted to do. And the Bible says that he was rejected. God rejected. Yeah. I can't, you know, when I think mm, about mm, that, I'm mm. like, oh my God, I don't think I could deal or take with God rejecting me. I mean, yes, God is a loving God, but he still requires us to do what he's asking us to do. But to, to hear the fact that God rejected him and it actually yeah. qualified him from so many, I mean, like God, he was inherent mm. God, like it was so many things. I, I don't think we really understand the seriousness of our right. Obedience or being disobedient to when God is asking us to do what He is requiring us to do. Yeah, and it's the same thing with Moses too, right? Instead of him speaking to the rock, he hits it. Okay. You now, and this was a hard one too, right? He saw the promise. God allowed him to see it, but he couldn't walk there. Then he had to train Joshua and Caleb. Mm-hmm. That had to be a hard thing. That knowing that you weren't going. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yeah, yep. You know, just thinking about those stories, it really, ex- it, I think it really lets us know the magnitude of our disobedience. It mm-hmm. really does. It really, really does. And so my prayer is that everyone listening in tonight, like I said, you would just be obedient and do whatever God is asking you or requiring you um, to do. Now, Pastor Fitz, of course, you would have shared some on-time nuggets and words of wisdom that I know uh, will change the trajectory of those that are listening in tonight. Uh, what final advice would you give to our listening audience on the importance of pursuing their dreams at all costs? This, um, again, I have to say it falls back to obedience because when people ask me, how is it that you're doing all this stuff you're doing, my my simple answer to them is obedience because as as I'm in relationship with him, right, God begins to give you insight. He get, begins to give you revelation. He begins to tell you how to put things together. A lot of things that I have accomplished and I have done is because I was so sensitive to the Lord's leading, so sensitive to the Spirit of God. When he gave me instruction, I followed through with the instruction. You know, um, flyers, you know, all these different things, you know. um, (laughs) You know, and um, people in my area, they call me the one-woman band, right? I'm I'm a musician. I'm a singer. That's why I'm saying all, all of these gifts. And, but see, my heart was in the right place, right? You're pursuing your dreams, but what, what, what is your motive behind what you're trying to do? Is it because you want to help people or you're trying to build a name for yourself? Is it because you want to build his name? You know, because, uh, you know, you hear all these people talking about kingdom, 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 where, and, and when I see this, I, I see them trying to build a name for themselves, but Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. So the, the the most important part of pursuing your dreams is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Lean not to your own stinking thinking. In all your ways, all means all, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will. The promise is when you acknowledge him, he will direct your path. And I always say this, you know, every good ideal is not a God idea. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we sit up here, we, we do all this stuff off the cuff and off the whim, and then when it don't work out, we, now we want to turn to God when our initial response, our initial thing should have been to go to him in the first place. Like, he's, init- he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. I got to keep saying it. All means all. He knows the beginning from the end. So why not go to the person who's the greatest architect of your life? Not going by, not even going to people, right? Because sometimes we go to people and people really don't even know. If they don't know our desires, they don't, they don't, they don't know our, you know, all these different things. Let alone being full, full of the Holy Spirit to be able to discern as well, right? Because the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth. 
So it's, it, it, it starts with God and pursuing your dreams and stuff because here it is again, and thank you for bringing that, that, that up, Dr. Johnson, because if I ask God to make my desires his desires, then I won't be tra- chasing a dream that's not meant for me, right? Because I can honestly say God allowed me to do some secular things, and then God said, all right, I done, I done allowed you to do that. Now get over here and do what I told you to do. But guess what? Everybody ain't getting that opportunity. So this is why it's important that our desires become his desires so we're not chasing something that's not meant for us, right? We're not chasing dreams and, and things that are not meant for us because the truth of the matter is, and I said it the other day on, on Gleaming Dreamers, everybody's not meant to be rich. You know, everybody wants all of these followers and all this and this, that, and the third, but that may not be your lot. And so the question is, whatever God would have for you, right, God's plan, not ours, will you be willing to accept whatever it is that he has for you? Because my Bible tells me it's hard to kick up against the prick. So in pursuing the dreams, first and foremost, I would pray the prayer, God, make my desires your desires so I'm not chasing a dream, pursuing something that is not meant for me. It is not in your plan for me to be doing. Because many times we miss it because we're trying to do this and that and the third. And, and it's funny because, right, people could see you working and, 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 and because you work, you do it so well, they want to try to do it too. But if God ain't called you to it and he has not purposed you to do it, you are not going to be successful in it. And that's why I tell people, you know, you can minister to people. And, and um, it was this young man, and he said, you know, I want to teach the children. I said, okay, you want to teach the children? Be consistent in coming to church every Sunday, yeah. right? Because you got to be a leader. So what I find out, Dr. Johnson, is most people, they are inspired, but they're not motivated, right? They're inspired. They, they get this thing like, okay, I want to do something. But motivation will move you to action. Yeah. So there's a point in time that we have to go from inspiration to motivation. How many times have you talked to someone and all their conversation is, I want, I want, I want? Okay, you want a record deal. Okay, have you written any songs, right? Have you put, see, these are the questions. A lot of people want stuff, but there's no action behind it. They're, they're expecting God to do everything, but the truth of the matter is, my brothers and sisters that are listening, there are some things that we must do. God is not going to do everything. And so as I preached on gleaming dreamers, we have to position ourselves for the next big opportunity. And how you position yourself is you have to prepare, right? You have to prepare so when it comes, all you have to do is walk through the doors. You, you don't have to be saying, wait, can you give me a week or two? No, you're already prepared. And all you got to do is walk through the door. So in, in, in the meantime, between time, why are you all waiting? You should be preparing. You should be perfecting your craft, perfecting your skills. Yes. Yes. And I love that you mentioned about preparation. Um, you know, for me, I had a situation where, you know, I, I was I was hearing God. I said, what do you want me to do? And I began to prepare for it. You know, I did all the necessary, take all, took all the necessary stuff that I needed to do. And then here comes someone saying to me, she said, Tavara, um, God sent me to you to ask you about helping me to publish my book. And so I started laughing. And she said, mm-hmm. why are you laughing? And I said, so I said, because he would have downloaded me to work on a publishing company. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I had already spoken to editors. and I, I, mean, like, I was really putting in all the legwork behind the scenes. And so when she came to me, I said, so I said, well, I can help you. I said, because I said, to be honest, I said, I'm actually supposed to put it out soon, but I just haven't done it yet. I said, I have done the legwork, but because she came, and I, you know, even though the publishing company wasn't out, because I would have already done some of the work, I was able to say to her, yeah, okay, we could go ahead and we could move forward with this. You know, even mm-hmm. though the, the website and stuff wasn't up, but I would have already secured uh, all of the more important pieces, which is like editors, 
uh, ghostwriters mm-hmm. and all these other things that so I was able to assist her with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when you talk about um, preparation, yeah, again, this is why you have to be prepared. This is why you have to have that uh, relationship with God to to have the ear to hear what He's really saying to you, what He's telling you to do, because He's going to start sending people. You know, had I not uh, been preparing, I would have said, "Oh, well, give me, give me about a week or two. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I can help you, but give me about a week or two. You know, but by then I would have had, I would have had the the, the main pieces of what she would have needed." Um, to get the project going. And so that is definitely key. And thank you so much, uh, Pastor Pitts, I mean, and just for joining me tonight to empower and encourage our listening audience. I mean, this was truly a blessing. I thoroughly enjoyed um, our interview tonight. Um, But I want you to, before you go, just let our listening audience know of any upcoming events that you may have as well as how they can stay connected with you. Um, Well, um you guys can visit my website, which is aliciapitts.com. That is A-L-E-E-C-H-A-P-I-T-T as in Tom, S as in Sam.com. There is a free takeaway there, um, an e-book on learning how to apologize. So all of my books that I've written, one is called uh, Let It Go For Your Sake, Forgive. There's Another Way to Live, Keep Going Back to Love. And some of my other books are available on that website. And um, as I have, as I always say, you can find me on any social media, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram. And all you have to do is type in my first name. And I always like to put this disclaimer out there. As far as, far as I know, I'm the only one with the spelling of my name, and that is A-L-E-E-C-H-E-A. If you type that in, you will be able to connect with me on social media as well. And, again, thank you, Dr. Johnson, for this space and opportunity. Um, The Lord bless and keep you is my prayer for you. Amen. And thank you so, um, so much. I received that. And, of course, to my faithful listening audience, uh, to those who are tuning in for the first time, thank you so much for joining me um, tonight. Of course, it was an amazing show with my special guest, Pastor Pitts. Um, make sure you do follow her on social media so you're able to stay updated with all of the amazing things that she has going on and that's what she's doing. Um, of course, be sure to join me every Tuesday for another episode of Emergence Radio Talk where you will be inspired to emerge, occupy, and take dominion. Once again, I'm your host, Dr. Tabara Johnson. Be sure to connect and stay connected with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, under the social media handle, Tavara Johnson, or you can visit my website at www.tavarajohnson.com to see all of the amazing things I have going on. I do have a whole lot of things going on that will be coming on in the pipeline. So go ahead and um, check out the website. And if you need to reach out to me, be sure to subscribe. You can inbox me, DM me, send me an email and I will be sure to uh, get back to you as I look forward to connecting with you. And so everyone, have a wonderful evening, and I will see you next week, Tuesday. Blessings. Thank you for tuning in to Emergence Radio Talk. For more information on Emergence Radio Talk, Emergence Mentorship Program, or Women to Women Mentoring Program, be sure to visit www.tavarajohnson.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, email us at info at tavarajohnson.com or follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. That's Tavara Johnson. Stay connected and updated on all upcoming events. Until next time, thank you for joining us.